Hey, everybody, it's C.J. Graham. That's right, Jason Voorhees, Friday the 13th, Part 6, and you're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. What's up, guys? Christopher Stolle here, back for another Breaking the Fourth Wall. This one's going to be interesting because it's going to be about reviews. We are going to be reviewing some stuff. Let me try to get myself a little bit more in frame here. Uh, I have been sitting for a long time on a couple things, and it's time for me to actually sit down. I'm going to do three reviews. Uh, fair warning in the beginning here. I'm going to let you know right now that it is going to be spoilers. I'm going to try to be light on the spoilers, but I'm going to give you my honest opinion of... Uh, how we are thus far with Book of Boba Fett, because you guys know I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, season 2 of The Witcher, which I, I binge-watched. Oh, there was another one. I was supposed to be a fourth one. Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a uh, uh, graphic for it. So uh, I, if I do it, I'm going to have to do it without the graphic. I forgot about Cobra Kai Season 4. And, of course, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was the newest thing I just saw. Uh, why don't I go ahead and start with uh, Ghostbusters, get that out of the way first. So we'll go ahead and bring that logo up for you guys. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like I said, I'm going to be... I'm going to give you a spoiler warning, but I'm not going to try to, 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 to ruin the movie if you have not seen the movie or the TV shows. But I'm going to give you my honest opinion about the four shows coming up uh, that, that I have binge-watched, watched through, been watching with it thus far, you know, um, all in all. First and foremost, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, besides Star Wars, if there was a movie that I was most anticipating and looking for it was the third installment of the ghostbusters movies now i'm not talking about 2016 that was hot garbage i knew it was going to be hot garbage uh not because it was an all-female cast but because of who they chose to be the all-female cast i knew that movie was going to be you know a dumpster fire and of course i was right i own it because my daughter likes it <laughs> you know um but when I sit down to watch Ghostbusters, I only watch Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And now I can honestly say I will sit down and watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, this movie I had mixed emotions about. Um, did I overall enjoy it? Yes. But what, what, were the, what were some of the complaints, some of the issues? Why was it kind of a divisive film for me? First off, Egon's grandkids. I hated them. I, I, I honestly, I there was nothing about them redeemable. I, I liked the uh, the non-related kid characters more than the two uh, children that were supposed to be the grandchildren of Egon Spangler. I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but the little girl with the glasses and the uh, the boy who just. They were portrayed as your typical modern-day douchebag emo kids that just... I, I Maybe it's because of my age. I don't connect with them. I didn't find their characters compelling in any way, shape. Well, no, let me strike that. I didn't find the boy's character compelling in any way, shape, or form. 
I didn't care so much for the little girl. Uh, but she was the main lead of the story, and at least she had an arc. She was trying to figure out what was going on in the town. She was trying to figure out the legacy of her grandfather. She was trying to figure out why she was so nerdy and different, because she had a love for science, a love for physics. She was really smart, and like her mother, who hated Egon, completely believed that Egon was uh, a deadbeat dad and everything else, um... Basically, she was your, your your typical I hate my father woman, and because of that, never told her her daughter you know the the truth about uh, about Egon. Mainly because the mom really didn't even know so much about about Egon. Um, they never made it clear if uh, if Janine was the mother, um, which is kind of sad because uh, I, I think it should have been Janine as as as. Uh, you know, the grandmother. I, I think that would have been fitting, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but the first portion of the movie where we're following the kids, they don't know anything about the Ghostbusters. They don't know anything about Egon. Uh, they're just getting used to this town and and some of its legends and, and, you know, how Egon was considered like this, you know, dirt farmer who, who was just nuts. You know, nobody nobody really knew what Egon was about. Was boring. It was slow. It was boring. I, I understand we were trying to to build this story from you know thirty years in the past, you know, to where it is today, and and you know give us little hints and clues of what Egon was trying to do uh, through the perspective of the kids. So I, I get it. I I didn't agree with it, but I got it. But once shit started hitting the fan, when they found the Temple of Gozer, when they found that Egon had spent his whole entire life in isolation trying to protect the world from the return of Gozer and and uh, had figured out the code of Gozer's constant returns, the last time being in 1984 with the original Ghostbusters, and then now, you know, uh, 2020, I believe, was the uh, the year because of, that's when the Ghostbusters was supposed to come out. Um, it was or Ghostbusters Afterlife was supposed to come out, you know, it it started getting interesting really quick. Um, and then when the kids started finding the Ghostbuster apparel, like Ecto-1 and, you know, the Proton Pack and everything else, it started getting a little fun, you know, especially when they were trying to capture their first ghost, uh, one that, that they called the Muncher. It, it ate metal. Um it was it was starting to get fun. It was starting to get entertaining. The jokes were still very much hit or miss for me. Again, that you know, I'm fair enough to say that I didn't like it because it was <clears throat> it, it felt forced. It felt it just it didn't feel right to me. But that could be the fact of my age. Maybe maybe it wasn't meant for me. It was meant for this generation. But the only reason I say no is because I do get the jokes of things like Stranger Things. Or, or like uh, the the remake of Stephen King's It, for example, which were more modern time. Even though it was taking place in the '80s, it was more modern time with the kids, and and I think <clears throat> I think it just landed better. And I don't know if it was the writing uh, of the jokes itself or the delivery from the act uh, the young actors, but it just it, it it didn't work for me. Up until the halfway point. And, and that, like I said, that's when the shit started hitting the fan. Uh, you know, Zool started showing up. Uh, 
the ghosts were starting to break out. The kids now understand who Egon is and what he was doing. Uh, the little girl, when they went to prison after capturing her first ghost, calls Ray at Ray's occult shop. And this is where this is where it becomes a Ghostbusters movie to me. Because now we're seeing the original Ghostbusters, or at least Ray at this point. And, uh, you know, he gives this top story where, where he had lost faith in Egon. He, he actually terminated the friendship because he thought Egon was full of shit. Um, and ironically enough, that phone call, which got cut short by the sheriff, led to the grand finale in the film where the original Ghostbusters, the remaining three, show up. To uh, to help fight Gozer and and uh, spring the trap that Egon had set up, you know, years before his death, um, and it was a Ghostbuster film. It was beautiful, especially the last portion after the battle, where uh, I don't want to spoil this, but there was a very 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 touching scene and tribute especially tribute to to Harold Ramis uh, as Egon Spangler and uh I I will admit I teared up it was it was absolutely a beautiful beautifully shot scene uh all the actors including the kids she seemed to really show genuine emotion uh to what had occurred again I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it yet for no other reason you've got to see this movie for this scene because if you're a fan of Harold Ramis in any way, shape, or form, or if you're a fan of Egon Spangler and the, the original Ghostbuster films, you need to see this scene. Uh, it's just that simple. Overall, uh, my my overall view of Ghostbusters Afterlife, I don't think and it was anywhere near as good as the first Ghostbuster film. No, no way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't think it was even as good as Ghostbusters 2. But in that aspect, I don't think it's far beneath Ghostbusters 2. And it's leaps and bounds above Ghostbusters 2016. Uh, I think it's a fitting tribute to Harold Ramis. I think it was a well-done film. And I think overall, if I were to give it an arbitrary scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it a 7. I think it was a very well done film. It was slow in the beginning, but if you can get through the beginning, it becomes a Ghostbuster film, and you can truly enjoy it for what it is. And it, it's it's fan service for the sake of fan service. But I, like I said, with Ghostbu- uh with Star Wars: Force Awakens a long time ago, what the fuck is wrong with fan service to the fans who enjoy these franchises? I. I was overall thrilled with it. I was. Um, that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Let's jump into The Witcher Season 2. Okay. <laughs> this one was a little hard for me to get through. Um, was it a good season? Yes. Yes, it was a good season. I'm not going to break down every episode, mostly because I don't remember every episode. Uh, but we start delving into more of the training of uh, of Siri. Uh, we're dealing with, uh, with, uh, uh, Yennefer's loss of her power. Uh, we have, I, I know it's not her, but for lack of better terms, I can't remember the witch's name. We have Baba Yaga running around trying to steal the power of, of, uh, uh, the elder blood that's within Siri, And of course the witcher, uh, and the other witchers 
Geralt and the other witchers are caught in the middle of it uh, at their home base, which, again, I can't remember the name of the base, which sucks because I love the books, I love the video games, and I do love the series. Overall, do I think the second season was as good as the first? No. No, the first was, was standalone. Uh, first season was absolutely great. That does not mean that Witcher uh, Season 2 was bad. I, I don't think it was bad at all. I just think it uh, it just it felt a little slow in the beginning and then tried to cram everything together at the end with the wild haunt, with the discovery of uh, Ciri's power could actually destroy the world uh, and bring forth, I, I think, another con uh, con uh, conjuncture uh event that happened that brought all the monsters in they're starting to learn about that stuff and how the monsters came into the world and it's like uh it was a lot of information dump in the last couple episodes which was cool but it felt forced because it did feel like the first couple of episodes we were just you know dicking around with with series training while this stuff could have been explained in better detail if, if that makes sense to you um so to me, it just felt like if they would have done three more episodes to this season and stretched out what they did in the second half of the season just a little bit, I think it would have landed a little better for me. Uh, but it still makes me feel absolutely thrilled that the uh, that we got season two. We had to wait forever for it thanks to COVID and everything else. Um I was happy to step back into that world. I was, I'm thrilled that uh, the cast is still looking good and, and the stories are still there. Uh, this one mainly followed the Blood of Elves book for the most part. Um, obviously, a lot of creative licenses. I don't want to get shot by people who are fans of the book and it's like, no, no, they fucked this and fucked that. You, you're right, they did. But it's a TV show. You know adaptations of books to TV and film never land the exact same way. So... For what it was, again, to give an arbitrary, uh, an arbitrary, uh, rating to it, um, I, 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 7.5, 8 tops, uh, like, it wasn't terrible, like, if season 1 was a 10 to me, then, you know, this would be, this would be about an 8, uh, 7.5 to an 8. It, again, if they would have if they would have stretched out the good parts just a little bit more, whether it you know they put it further into the beginning of the season, or if they would have given a couple extra episodes at the end, so that way they had more time frame to to really get into the meat and potatoes of the story, I would have been happier. But beyond that, I, I was not disappointed in in season two. Now, speaking of not disappointed. Again, I don't have a graphic, so forgive me that it's not there, but uh, because I completely forgot I wanted to review this too. Cobra Kai Season 4. The return of Terry Silver, uh, some of the plot twists within this, the fighting, the, the uh, All-Valley Tournament. Look, this is probably going to be the shiniest uh, review I'm going to give. This show is absolutely phenomenal. I never thought in my life, I, I grew up, as a kid, I grew up watching The Karate Kid. Okay, one, two, and three, the next Karate Kid, uh, even though that one was, you know, not as good as the other three. Uh, no, not talking. About, not going to talk about the, uh, the, the 
Jaden Smith the reboot, not at all, because just like Ghostbusters 2016, I'd rather pretend it never existed. But overall, I loved those films growing up as a kid. I love those films now. And even when I would sit and watch those films, I never once in my life thought to myself, you know, I really, really want to step back into that universe and see what they're doing now. Until Cobra Kai came out. And oh my god, I can't get enough of this show. I binge watched season 4 in a day. Like, without without a lie. I took a Sunday and watched episode 1 through episode... I don't remember how many episodes are in a season. In one day. I couldn't put it down. And, and now I'm regretting the fact that I did that. Because now i got to wait how long for season 5? Ghostbusters... Yeah, Ghostbusters. Cobra Kai... I... I hated Johnny as a kid. I, I did. I hated Johnny Lawrence as a kid. He was a bully. Of course you're supposed to hate him. You root for Daniel. I love Johnny in Cobra Kai. In season four, it's just that much more. The All-Valley Tournament, uh, the, the, the cooperation between Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang Karate uh, versus Cobra Kai, the twist... Which, again, I don't want to spoil, but for, for people who haven't watched... Just for the people who haven't watched it yet. Everybody else, I know you're saying it's been out for a while. People should know it by now. But I'm still I'm still trying to be somewhat considerate to that. Um, the twist in the Valley Tournament was, was cute enough as it was. And it really leaves you in Season 5 wondering, where do they go from here? And how are they going to pull this off? Uh... And, of course, the ultimate twist of what happened in the power struggle for Cobra Kai between Terry Silver and uh, and John Kreese. Again, I don't want to go into spoilers, but my jaw dropped. I said, wow, that that is awesome. I love the fact that they're doing this. I love that there's still intrigue here for this. Uh, I love that everything that was set up previously with a lot of the characters, you know, main characters or even sub-characters like, uh, like Tori, you know, where where you thought you had him solidified. The best way I can describe it is, like, look at Hawk, for example. I couldn't stand that little prick in uh, in the first couple seasons of Cobra Kai. You know, the little stupid mohawk and, you know, thinking you're a badass when you're, like, 54 pounds soaking wet and everything. I couldn't stand that little prick, and his attitude made it even worse. But the character arc and story turnaround for him was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it, they, they made me care for him and I couldn't stand him when he first, when he first came on the scene and joined Cobra Kai and, and everything. I couldn't stand him, but they gave such a beautiful and organic character change to him that it made me feel for him. And they're doing that with a lot of other characters, you know, uh, in both ways. I mean, look at, look at uh, for example, uh, Johnny's Kid, uh, which I had his name for a moment and I just lost it. But, uh, you know, he was a good kid who a lot of bad shit kept happening to. It kind of turned him dark with Cobra Kai now that. Now he's starting to kind of come back around the bend, and I like that. I like that they're doing that with him. And they are doing that with Tori, who... Up until this point, again, I don't want to spoil it, but up until this point, she was just a deadpan bitch. And, uh, of course, I understand she had a backstory that, like, her mother, you know, 
her, her mother how she is and everything and, and Tori had to fight for everything on her own and is kind of struggling to try to do this for, for, for you know everything so I get I get the sympathetic passions to it but what she did to like uh, Sam LaRusso and 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 you know all that I really felt that she was kind of unredeemable and I really kind of wanted her to be unredeemable I, I, I do think that there has to be a character in there, in there, that's just you're done. You can't do anything more with this character. They are who they are. Not everybody needs to be Darth Vader or Kylo Ren. They don't need to be redeemed. Sometimes the bad guy is just the bad guy. <clears throat> and I really thought Tori would be that character. But as much as I believe that, I see what they're doing with Tori. And because of what they're doing with Tori, I actually. I'm on board. Let's do, the, the 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 overall I could say about this show is I'm still on board. Four seasons later, I'm sold. I'm on board. I want more. You leave me wanting more, which is as a TV show, that's exactly what you want to do to your audience. Um, and I mean the doors are wide open, and they were hinting towards you know there's gonna be personal opinion speculation. There's gonna be a return of Mike Barnes. Hell. There may even be a return of Hillary, uh, Hillary Swank's character from the next Karate Kid. I, I see those doors opening. I think they're there, and I think they would be a complete missed opportunity, especially for Sean Kanan. Uh, missed opportunity if you don't bring Mike Barnes back. It, it you got to have Karate's bad boy show up. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I I just I nine point five out of ten. I cannot wait. Season 5 cannot come soon enough. Cobra Kai has been the show that I never knew I wanted, never knew I needed, but now I like a like a great book, I can't put it down. <laughs> so that that's my review of Cobra Kai. It's just an absolute pleasure of a TV show and just makes me thrilled to go back to feeling like a kid watching Karate Kid for the first time, but in a very different world. Alright, now, last but certainly not least, I'm a Star Wars fan. We gotta talk about it. Let's talk about the four episodes, which the fourth episode just released today, for the Book of Boba Fett. Let me preface this. I've been a, sitting for a while on doing a review for Book of Boba Fett. There is a reason for it. Uh, number one, I was never a Boba Fett fan. Never. Never. I thought he was an over, uh, overrated character in the original trilogy. You know, the joke is he had fine li five lines in the first three films, and one of them was, ah, you know, he got his butt kicked by a blind guy with a stick. I, uh, You know, I, I outside of looking cool, I never thought Boba was a iconic character that so many other fans do. Is what it is, okay? I, I, I know you guys love him uh, as much as I love Darth Vader, so I can't I can't say nothing on it. But, you know, for me, Boba just never was a compelling, that compelling of a character. And then he appeared on The Mandalorian. And what they did with him on The Mandalorian was tasteful and, and made me start believing in the character uh, of Boba Fett. Especially in this modern day. And kind of seeing him in a different light. He wasn't just some random bad guy in the film. He actually was somebody who rode the fence. And actually has morals and a conscience. And, and you know. 
I I felt that they uh, portrayed him very well in The Mandalorian. Well enough to justify bringing out Book of Boba Fett Season 1. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm not feeling it. I, I'm not feeling it. Um, the, the thing is, is that everything that they've put out thus far, for the most part, has been fine. And I understand that it's supposed to be less of live action Star Wars pew pew blah 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 and more like a t- uh, uh, an outer space TV series of the Godfather it's a crime drama you know and a crime syndicate drama to be exact and and I'm down with that and I do find some of the things that they're doing fascinating like with the sand people and 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 the uh, the brother and sister of Boba vying for control of, of uh, Tatooine and <coughs> and stuff. I, I, I do find these things appealing and, and all. But the difference between what they're doing with the book of Boba Fett and what they did with the, uh, the, the, the couple seasons of Mandalorian is, is night and day. Uh, now, I'm being, I, I want to be fair. I want to preface it this. I'm not shitting on Book of Boba Fett. I'm not giving up on it. Like I said, I am finding some elements uh, uh, appealing. I want to see how they flesh out. You know, I love that they're bringing in characters like uh, Black Kristan. Uh, I don't think I'm saying that right. Uh, but, you know, the, the bounty hunter Wookiee and, and stuff like that. Like, I like that they did this. I love the fact that they, they fleshed out characters like the Rancor, that they're not just angry monsters in the basement, you know, and, and stuff like I, I There are things that they're doing that I that I find fascinating. And the story arc itself and building for this uh, for this uh, uh, power struggle control of Tatooine with the Pikes and, and the Trandosians and and stuff like that, like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I, I want to see how this turns out, I want to see how they play it out, I want to see who else comes in, I want to see, and of course, being part of the, the crime syndicate, and, and taking over, you know, Jabba's business, for lack of a better term, it leaves the door open for seeing so many other iconic characters returning, uh, bounty hunter-wise, like, I would love to see uh, Cad Bane show up, I would love to see Bosk show up, I would love to see Hondo show up, I think these are the perfect opportunities to have them appear. Uh, but of course, I appreciate the slow burn, and that's what it feels like to me right now. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not in 100% in this show yet. It's slow, but I'm hoping it's slow for the reason of being a slow burn. Like, they want to draw out the story and really get into what, what's going to happen towards the end of the season, cliffhangering us for season two. Um... And if that's the case, then, you know, I applaud and I take back everything I'm saying right now. But as it stands right now, a lot of what they're doing just kind of feels like Boba regretting being a bounty hunter. And just wanting to kind of sit at home and do nothing. Except for show his face every once in a while with a mare, you know, and and Fennec trying to basically control him from behind the curtain. You know, because she's the one making the major decisions for the most part. Up until this episode, he he did start being a little bit more Boba Fett in this episode. Uh, like the rest of the world, I absolutely hate the biker gang. The the, the moped, uh, Mo, Moss Espa, you know, biker gang. 
It's stupid. It's stupid. If you wanted to have a biker gang and Tatooine join Boba Fett, then the dudes he killed at the end of this episode should have been the ones he hooked up with, not the little colorful freaking Power Ranger uh, scooter biker gang with... with uh, I don't know. It just it, it feels weird to me. It's uh, you know, like when you think about old school Star Wars, even the prequels, you know, with cybernetic implants and everything else, it felt like advancement in technology and necessity. So when they repaired Fennec and everything else, that 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 felt right to me. But the last two episodes feel very for lack of a better term, cyberpunkish to me. I mean, people are just enhancing themselves and modifying themselves for the sake of doing it. You know, between the, the, the shitty bikes and the uh, the cybernetic implants, half the people looking like the fucking Borg from Star Trek, it, it feels very cyberpunkish. And I'm not digging that. Uh, that, that. That just feel it's weird for me to say, but it feels alien to me for a Star Wars setting. Um... But neither here nor there. Uh, Book of Boba Fett at the end. Obviously, we're only four episodes in, so I, I'm not going to be as harsh as a show that I just didn't like. But as it stands right now, um, right now it's just the weakest of of what's come out thus far television show-wise. Uh, and I know we don't have a whole lot right now. I mean, I don't count Visions because that's... I hate visions. <laughs> no, I know I'm going to get shot here, but I hate visions. I thought it was fucking garbage. It was absolute garbage. It was just not good. Not good to me. Um, it made me more forgiving to other things. I just, it wasn't good to me. But, I mean, Book of Boba Fett right now is the weakest of the live-action Star Wars stuff that we've seen thus far. But, I'm putting an asterisk on that saying... This is only halfway through the season right now. So shit could change once the story arcs start connecting together. And we start getting into the power, uh, the, 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 the war for uh, the power of Tatooine. Um, so my opinion can completely change. And I'm open for my opinion to completely change uh, in the weeks ahead as we you know, get ready to wrap up season one. And see where we are there. I'll probably give another review on that. Once the season itself is complete. But as it stands right now. They need to step it up. Um, I'm enjoying it for what it is. But it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I, I'm i going to go right down the middle with it. 5 out of 10. I'm just, I'm just going to say that I'm enjoying it enough to tune in every week. But I'm not as invested in it as other Star Wars properties that we have had from Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau. And that's where I'm going to leave that at the moment. Guys, but I'd love to know about these shows and, and movies and stuff like that. I want to know what you guys think. Let me know in the comments section down below. If you enjoyed this episode in capacity, hit that thumbs up button. Share, comment, subscribe. Check out the other podcasts of Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. And of course, guys, if you prefer them in audio-only format, you can find us on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. Just look up Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. And guys, I will be back. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting breaking the fourth wall back on track. Um, I've been having some uh, 
some uh, timing issues. I've been having some uh, uh, employee issues. I don't I don't want to dog or down on, on anything. Just things have not been gelling up. The goal for this year is getting Breaking the Fourth Wall back into the format of releasing multiple episodes a week. Uh, dealing with all types of different subject matters, whether it's... Uh, Conspiracy theory things with the uh, with the tinfoil hat society, whether it's Star Wars with Journal of the Jedi, whether it's you know uh, politics or or worldview through Common Ground or what's in my head podcast, or if it's just simply entertainment like I'm doing right now, we want to make sure that we're putting out everything possible to you. And I promise you, whether it's just me sitting here like I'm doing right now, I will get multiple episodes a week out to you guys very 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 soon. Guys, thank you for joining me. Thank you for sticking it out with me. And I will catch you on the next Breaking the Fourth Wall. Have a good one.